We've been talking about a lifestyle that gives, and we're going to continue why the tithe. Now that I've convinced you giving is your life, let me show you what it does for you. Let me show you what giving does for you, the individual, the person, your home. In Malachi chapter 3, let's read that scripture again. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, Israel, God's people. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way? We robbed you in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour up for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Dear Lord, that's what I want. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You will be a delightful people. See, being a giver... I always ask this question, why would anyone not want to abide in this principle of the tithe? Why would anyone, knowing what the tithe does? The creator of the universe wants to open up the windows of heaven for you. And I'm, again, I'll say this uh, to you over and over, is that if you are a faithful tither, the windows of heaven never close. It is always available to you. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Again, why would anyone want to argue with this? But they do. You know, literally, if, if they argue with this, this is what I think people are saying. No, Lord, I don't want the windows of heaven to be open to me. I don't want the devourer uh, to be rebuked. Just let him do what he wants to do. I want to stay in a curse, God, please. See, that's, that's the point, is that what I'm trying to say to you is that I've convinced you that a lifestyle of giving and returning the tithe is a righteous, godly ordinance principle that is for today. God does not change. But the only reason someone argues with tithing is that the enemy hates you and he has convinced you to not do this tithing thing. 
You don't have to follow God's principles or ordinances. So here we have now what we're going to read in a New Testament verse that says to tithe. In Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to begin to go through this, but now what we're going to begin to see is what a lifestyle of giving and returning the tithe will do for you. In verse 1, it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated. Now, the writer here explains what Melchizedek means. Most theologians, because of this verse, they say this, Melchizedek was either Jesus himself or he was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Now, verse 2, first being translated, king of righteousness. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Now, the question is, who is the king of righteousness? The answer is Jesus is. Verse 2 continued, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. So Salem means peace. Jerusalem means city of peace. So the question is, who is the king of peace? The answer is Jesus. All right, so look at verse 3 now. This is New Testament. It's not just Old Testament. It speaks of Old Testament, but this is in the New Testament. Verse 3, speaking of Christ. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Hmm, I think this is Jesus. Verse 4. Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. This is New Testament. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi who receive the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. Even though it's from the Old Covenant, in the New Covenant, it is an ordinance. It is the same. God has not changed. Verse 6, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Verse 8, here... Mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Now, as we've read this, what is this talking about? Mortal men receive the tithe for the church, but he, Jesus, receives them also. And it is a witness that Jesus lives when you tithe. Tithing, literally, the ordinance is a remembrance that Jesus is Lord. 
that Jesus is Lord of your life. He's Lord of your home. He's Lord of everything in your life. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, it's just not hell insurance. It's just not going to heaven. It is literally a life that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he is alive. So tithing is an ordinance that proclaims in faith that Jesus Christ is Lord of the church. See, the heart is this. When I return the tithe and give above and beyond, the Lord knows my heart and heaven is open and the enemy's deception is rebuked. When mankind, when men and women of God tithe and do it righteously with a heart, what is taking place is that we are saying the enemy's deception is rebuked. I will not listen to your lies, devil. I will not walk in my life being deceived by you. I will live my life fully understanding that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. See, the only power the enemy has, if you've been with me on Wednesday night, is temptation. Is temptation. We found that tithing is a test, and it is a test of our hearts. We also found, talking about tithing, tithing also is biblical, and it's in the Bible. Always remember, and I want you to understand this, Always remember in giving, it's giving to the kingdom of God through mortal men. One of the biggest, toughest things that I face in my life, one of them, there's a few, is when I feel that people are abusing my heart that they're taking for granted the passion that I have for them in their life. And sometimes I know, I sense it, I see it, I feel it. And what I'd rather do in the flesh is just flick them off to the left side of my life and constantly look to the right and not even pay any attention to them at all. But I'll tell you what, when you understand tithing, and I do, in returning the tithe, it is in giving towards people. By even if people abuse things in your life, even through the years you've seen people abuse your giving or abuse even the tithe, I want to tell you that God is saying it is giving through people, no matter what they do, what they say, how they treat it. The reality is, is that when you are doing that, you are proving that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. That not even the difficulties and, and the unrighteousness of people will even change your heart towards the area of returning what is God's. See, that's going to rebuke the argument that anybody has of that people don't treat it properly or they mistreat money. When you are giving, you are giving through people. 
And by giving through people, you are opening the windows of heaven. You are rebuking the deception of the enemy that he cannot hinder, stop anything that God has planned for your home and for your life. Having a heart of giving is being a person that understands that you're going to be able to walk in the blessings of God in spite of, and I'm going to say it, in spite of idiots out there in the world. How many of you know there are some people that act like idiots? Okay, you know that. Don't don't get all pious with me, okay, because we know that. So here's the next thing about tithing. So let's continue. I could spend months on this subject because God speaks about tithing and money a lot in the Bible. Tithing is a benefit. Now, we should do it because it's the right thing to do, not just beneficial to us. Remember a cheerful giver? But it is beneficial, and it benefits us and our home. People will spend thousands of dollars on counseling for their marriage. And they should if they need to. People will literally spend thousands of dollars to present things for their children to better them in their school, in in, uh, the way they are and, and who they are to grow and to help train them. And let me tell you, That's great. They should. We should do that. We should get education. We should go after and become the best that we can be in everything that we are and our children and our children's children. We should literally go after that. But let me tell you what I'm trying to show you is that there is a benefit of returning the tithe. In many instances... The thousands of dollars that we spend to better ourselves are wasted because we do not understand the benefit of returning the tithe. We do not understand the benefit of giving through mankind, of giving to the church. In 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 31, verses 4 through 10, this is King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah began to read and to notice something that they were not doing. That the kingdom that he oversaw as king, they were not accomplishing that. They were not following the ordinance of God. And we're going to see that he proclaims the ordinance to the kingdom that all people should do this regarding tithing. And let's watch the story and let's watch the benefit of what happened to the small aspect of what he proclaimed to. After he sees the result, he then proclaims it to every every place that, that he touches. Watch this. Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, remember we talked about, oil and honey, 
and of all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. They laid in heaps. We should start not just men's ministries, women's ministries, children's ministries, youth ministries. I believe we should start a ministry called Heap Ministries. Amen. Watch, because there's a benefit. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. He began to be concerned. I can't believe all what is here, the blessings. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left. For the Lord has, watch this, blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. Now, watch this. Let me just go over this. This is what happened. This is the benefit that took place in the time frame. Now, he didn't say, Hezekiah, according to this, didn't say, hey, this is a lifestyle. This is what God asks us to do. This is an ordinance of God. This is a principle of God, everything that we've studied. He didn't say that. He said, you know what? I notice that it's here. Why don't we do this for seven months? So Hezekiah is reading the Scripture. He realizes we have gone away from the ordinances. Remember, ordinances are ordinary behavior. An ordinance of God is ordinary behavior of the believer. The command of the king is everyone tithe. Then he goes to the temple and he sees heaps of the giving and then gets worried for the people because Hezekiah was a good king. His heart was for the people, thinking they gave all they had. We just asked for 10%. So this is what the priest said to the king. O king, when they began to tithe, God blessed them. And what you see in the heaps is just 10%. Your people are bountifully blessed. I want to tell you, again, we can spend thousands of dollars on counseling. Counseling's good. We can spend thousands of dollars and go in debt for education. Education is good. I don't know about going in debt, but education is good. We can go to places, conferences, fly, spend thousands of dollars on conferences to learn about our business, to grow so that we can succeed. But I want to tell you, there's one key, there's one principle 
that is for today, and that is returning the tithe. I believe that in many, many instances, the returning of the tithe will bring healing. Counseling will not be needed. The returning of the tithe will bring great success in your business. And they will ask you how you don't have a degree, you don't have a doctorate, you don't have all this experience. How are you being so blessed? How come you're so successful in your business? How come you're so successful with your children? And you can say, because I am a cheerful giver and I return the tithe. Because when you tithe, there is a benefit in every area of your life. When you tithe, there is a benefit in your marriage. I want to tell you, church, is that we have, we have got so involved in the other to become successful. And God is saying, when you are a tither, I will open the windows of heaven. There will not be enough room to contain it. And I want to tell you, that is not just talking about money. That is talking about every area of your life of having the blessings of God in your marriage. I want to tell you, I know people who have the most beautiful marriages, and they, they couldn't quote a scripture about marriage. They couldn't, they couldn't quote, you know, uh, books that they read about marriage, but they have a marriage that is so pure and beautiful. But one thing is they're tithers and they're givers. And they have a lifestyle of giving. And because they have a lifestyle of giving, God says, I will rebuke the devourer. He will have no place in the areas of your life. Your life will be protected. Your life will be a life that has such blessings. And when the enemy comes in, like a flood, he raises up a standard. Right now, I feel so good, I feel like going running right now. But I want to tell you, there's an enemy out there, but I'm a tither, and I'm a cheerful giver, and I give above and beyond. Last week, we told you about a little bit about our giving. But the reality is, is because of that, I expect, here, here's what I'm saying. Pastor Dan was talking about this. I expect my home to be well. I expect my children to do well. I expect my grandchildren to do well. Why? Because I follow the ordinance and the principle of God in returning the tithe. And I'm a giver. Church, you have to mold your life, every aspect of your life, with giving. Because we learned God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. We have, we have lived our lives to the fullest. Have we had struggles? Absolutely. Have we had attacks? Absolutely. 
But God raises up a standard. I will go back always to that I do not live under a curse. I live under blessings. The miracle in all this was that it changed their hearts. Second Chronicles 31, verse 20 and 20, and thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So Hezekiah prospered. So I want to tell you, that's where it's at. And uh, folks, if the bank causes you more fear than not following in the principle of God, then your life is not in order. Your life is not in order. I know I'm being really strong here, but I'll tell you what, I am a pastor. And what a pastor is, is a shepherd-like one. One that oversees the flock of God. One that cares. One that loves the flock of God. And I want to tell you, I have asked God to forgive me about a year ago because I thought that I had great genius when I would have people in my office and I would be able to discuss the Word of God with them to help them in the situations of their life. And I ask God to forgive me because now what I do, I will always bring it in. Are you a tither? Are you a tither? And if they say to me, no, then I'll tell them, I will tell you, you have a spiritual battle that you're losing because you haven't followed the Lord in tithe. And, and I'm just, church family, you could look at me, point your finger at me, and tell me you need to stop talking about money. I am not talking about money here. I am talking about returning what is rightfully God's. And it includes money. And so when we live our lives, the Bible says it was done with all his heart and King Hezekiah prospered. Church family, when you return your tithe and give extravagantly, remember that word we used? You will be okay. <laughs> Not only okay, but greater. Prosperity is your future. Your homes will be blessed and the enemy will be rebuked. Some of you have said, you know, I don't know why I do what I do. I have all this this pent-up stuff in my life, and I do this, and I, I don't want to do this. I want to tell you, I'm going to ask you, are you a faithful tither? Are you a giver? And if you answer, I try, or if you answer, I, I've tried that thing, or I don't have enough money, I don't have a job, I want to tell you, there were people that do not have a job, and I sat down with them. They asked me, Pastor, can you help us? You know what? The one thing about me as a pastor is I would love to be able to be God and just say, okay, job, boom. 
six-figure salary for everybody in this house. I would love to be able to just be a God that just says, oh, you got a problem there and you're married. Oh, boom, everything's happy. You know how Hollywood is. They fight all the way through the movie and at the end they get together. That's not real. If they fight all the way through when they get married, they're going to fight after they're married. Something's got to happen. So here it is. Let's get to real life. Something's got to happen here, and I'll tell you what needs to happen, is that we need to finally realize that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. And when we tithe, Jesus Christ is Lord. And we are proving it through our faithfulness in our tithing and in our giving. See, a lifestyle of giving is an extravagant lifestyle having a pure heart. A pure heart. What is a pure heart? Someone who's good, someone who's kind, someone who's lovely. What is a pure heart? A pure heart is one that is 100% submitted to Jesus Christ. That's a pure heart. Submitted to his ordinances, ordinary lifestyle, and is convinced that being a giver, you're created in the image and likeness of God that you are a giver too. And then your passion when you get up in the morning is to give. We we've, have a lot of groups and we're talking about uh, personality and everything. And, and um, I am uh, told that I am uh, on the disc test of personality that I'm a high D personality. Okay. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that there's a lot of wisdom in all these things and all these tests. But I want to tell you uh, just something very straight. I am a, a high lover of the principle of God. And I desire God's ways to manifest not only in my life, but in other people's lives. And whatever I can do, my passion and my drive is that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, and my drive is that I can study and teach the body of Christ so that they would understand truly what a pure heart is and begin to live that lifestyle. And when they do, they're going to receive the benefits of a tither. So here's the fourth thing about tithing, and we'll conclude today with this. Tithing... It is an expression of love. I'll say it again. Tithing, it is an expression of love. In other words, you express your love tangibly to people. Now, I'm going to have to admit that I actually Googled and got the word tangibly because that's not my personality talk like that. But I got this word tangibly because I wanted to express to you, it is an expression of love. When you return your tithe, you are expressing your love to your spouse. When you are returning your tithe, you are expressing your love to your children. And you are expressing tangibly, it works to your friends. The best way to show love to those 
you are connected with is to be a tither. How many of you have friends that if only you could, you would help them to get out of the situation that they're in? Whether it's financially, emotionally, whatever it is. You have people you're praying for. You have family members that you're on the phone with all the time. And you wake up in the middle of the night with tears in your eyes and you're praying for them. Let me tell you, you are tangibly expressing and changing their life by you tithing. I hope you understand tithing is personal to God. Let me uh, kind of give you an illustration. If I pick three guys in the congregation and I'm going to go on a trip for six months out of the country somewhere where people wouldn't know where I'm going because it's a dangerous place to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. But each month, I don't have this, this is past my pay grade right now, but each month, I'm going to give each gentleman $10,000 for six months. Each month, $10,000 in their bank account. And then I tell them, and I want you each month to give Terry $1,000. So you got three guys, so Terry would be receiving on the first of the month after they receive the 10,000 to give her a thousand of it, a tenth of the 10,000. Now, I tell them, I've taken care of everything else for Terry, that she's going to be okay, everything's going to be set for her financially and all the above, but I want you to bless her with a thousand. So I go on a trip. And I call Terry a couple months later because the first time I'm able to call her. And I said, hey, during the conversation, uh, how is the money coming in from these three guys? And so Terry says, well, I get 1000 from one every month. The second guy, he's given me $2,000 every single month. Well, how's the other guy doing? Well, first month he gave me 700 and the second he gave me 400 Folks, the money is coming from me, and Terry is my bride, my wife. Are you following where I'm going here? How do I feel about the three guys? It's personal to God. They can do anything they want with the 90 the 9000 or the 90%. Now, I can't beat up the guy, but I control the 10,000 a month and I can cut the guy who's not given Terry that's rightfully hers returning to her that's rightfully hers. I could just cut him off. What I would do is stop sending him 10,000 why? Cuz I can't trust him. I'm concerned. I'm taking care of my bride. I'm taking care of my wife. But one says, "Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I could actually just take the money from the one guy and then give it to the other two. Scripture says this in Matthew 25, 29. 
For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. It's personal. It speaks to those who don't give and those that do. To the one who gave Terry a thousand, I keep giving to him. To the one who gave more, I will probably give him more. And to the one who didn't follow my directions, I'll probably take it away. Because it's personal to me. It's my wife. We have to understanding the diff- we have to understand the difference between blessing and curse. So please catch this. Jesus said, I'm going away for a while. Didn't he say that? Please take care of my wife. Does not the Bible refer to the church as the bride of Christ? It's personal today for Jesus. I want you to give my bride, my wife, 10% while I'm gone. When you get paid, this is what you're telling Jesus. You tell Jesus how much you love him. You tell Jesus how much you love his wife, and it's very personal to him. He will look for good stewards, and he will bless them because he knows that he can trust them. He knows that he can trust them. So why tithe? The answer is simple. Tithing, it is a test from God. Tithing is biblical. Tithing, it benefits you. It benefits your home. It benefits your business. It benefits your job. It benefits your relationships. It benefits your health. It is an expression of our love from the bottom of our heart. That's what tithing is. We have to. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. We have to get tithing out of the same bucket that we have our house payment, our rent payment, our car payment, our Edison payment, our gas payment. We got to get it out of there because it doesn't belong there. It belongs in something we call the principle of the love of God that I am created in the image and the likeness of God. And because God is love, I am love. And when I become that giver, and when I understand I am created to be that giver, then tithing is out of the bucket of paying bills. Tithing is an expression of love. And it's an expression of love to Jesus Christ. And from there, it blesses every aspect of your home. It blesses your spouse. Husband and wife. 
who writes the checkout. Just doesn't bless them, blesses the other. Are you in agreement? Are you saying this is the first of the first? I get paid, my first check is the tithe. Then above and beyond. Am I going to live my life in the principles of God's word? And last but not least, the lifestyle of giving and the content of that lifestyle, the passion, the amount, I'm not just talking money, the heart issue, if it is pure, if it's holy, if it is 100%, I promise you, every situation in your life will change to the better because you have changed, watch this, your heart to the heart of God. So why is tithing still for today? Because it's everything that God is, and he does not change. If you struggle in this area, please don't feel condemned. And I'm saying this in such a strong way. I, you know, because I know that the enemy has battled you, and some of you, he's won the victory. And some of you are almost copying an attitude towards the guy standing up here on the platform because he's talking about your money. Can you start today? Can you start today? But pastor, I've spent all my money. Can you start today? Spend some of your time today loving on people. Make a phone call to a friend and tell them that you're going to pray for them. But turn it around the next time that you are blessed financially, you return to God what is his. People are in a downward spiral in a lot of areas of their life, and they don't attribute it to tithing. I attribute it to tithing. And even if you do tithe, are you doing it with a cheerful heart? Or are you doing it just to get it, get something out of it? I expect the blessings of the Lord. I do. But it's out of relationship because I love who he is and my heart is in line with what he says to do. You're so amazing. You're so gifted. There's anointing that can just explode and change the situations with your children, change situations in your job. But what needs to take place is alignment with the principle of God in returning your tithe. Let's all stand. Father, I thank you that today curses are being broken because of the obedience 
of the man or the woman of God that walks in the ordinary lifestyle of the believer that literally will stand and say, doesn't matter what's going on around me. What matters is that I am expressing my love towards my God. And I will take care of his bride. I will take care of his church. Lord, give us the passion and the joy of King Hezekiah who throughout his life, because he found the principle of the tithe and commanded it of his people. And as they followed, he experienced the great joy of heaps. (laughs) But after that, Father, you tell us that the rest of his life, he was blessed. He prospered. He lived a long life. And it was well with him. And Lord, I proclaim that now over every person here. Each individual that's in the body of Christ, I proclaim that. And Lord, now I stand in agreement with faithful tithers and I say, yea and amen to the promises of God over your life your home is absolutely healed. Every area of your life is healed. Why? Because you began living the ordinary principles of God and you are faithful to it. Thank you, Lord, for salvation today. Lord, that you would just absolutely overwhelm people today. And if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you would literally run to the front after we close and say, I want Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing at Valley Community Church because we are a church that is healed. And we thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everyone say, Jesus' name. Everyone say the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord an applause.